Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Man in the Making, with former monk Roger Shankara and myself, Rokas. Thank you for joining me, and over to you, Roger. Thank you, Rokas. Today, we're going to cover a lecture called The Stuff of Manhood by a man named Robert Speer. Wikipedia says Robert Speer was an American Presbyterian religious leader and an authority on missions. Um, he was born in 1867, and he died in 1947. So this is um, not a new work, uh, and so far we're kind of working backwards in time. These are times when people were going through a lot of difficulty and challenges. Um, so I think the writing reflects the time. And right now, I'm not sure if there's a lot of work being produced um, that is as powerful as work from 18 and 1900s. Um, so I wanted to read this because it's something that got me through some difficult times so, several years ago. I think it's interesting that you can kind of take the religion out of um, Robert Spears lectures and you, you get this, uh, you still get this powerful message. So most of his work was uh, religious focused as he was a Presbyterian religious leader. But I uh, have taken out that side of it from his writing um, because it's not going to align with everyone and it doesn't have to. That's the nice part about his work. Um, it kind of calls to just the human spirit. And we'll see if anything comes from this work. If you're interested in reading it, it's called The Stuff of Manhood. And it's, it's, a, it's a small book of, I believe, four lectures. And so we'll be reading parts of the first lecture, which is called Discipline and austerity. And so on the first page, he goes right into it and says, whether there should be compulsory military training in America is a question which some people will answer yes or no, according to their general theories and other according, others according to their observation of the actual effects of such training on moral character. Right? So in the beginning, He's just basically saying there's always going to be a question of whether a country should have military training. And everyone has a different answer. He goes on to say, whatever our views may be on this familiar question, whether we regard military service as ethically helpful in its influence or as morally injurious, we cannot differ as to the need in our national character of those qualities of self-control, of quick and unquestioning obedience to duty, of joyful contempt of hardship, and of zest in difficult and arduous undertakings, which, rightly or wrongly, we consider soldierly. To put these primary and elemental needs as sharply as possible, let us call them discipline and austerity. Our American character needs more of both. So 
I read that at a time where I was new to the monastery and I was a few years in and the militaristic side of the training was getting difficult. Um, as I think I've mentioned before, uh, my, my schedule was extremely regimented. Um, every hour was planned and there was never a question of, of what was going on. You know, you, you never thought, you know, I don't know what I'm doing at this time. Everything was, was, there was an attempt at perfection basically in scheduling. And that was designed to make the monk into a soldier. And that's why we were called soldiers of the within. So when I started to uh, adjust to this, I'd go back and forth in, in, um, I'd kind of waver in my uh, resolve to be successful. And because that's not an easy thing to accomplish. Uh, and, and just like in, in life, we start a new job or uh, we get into a new routine of some sort. And it's, it's kind of difficult to hold on to it sometimes. So I found this work um, by luck and uh, it really spoke to me. And I think that would speak to everyone who wants to be uh, somewhat disciplined and, and, and routine. And so I think this is a very powerful um, sentence. We cannot differ as to need in our national character. So he's going into what the country needs, but also what the individual needs. Self-control, quick and unquestioning obedience to duty, joyful contempt of hardship. Obviously, that's probably one of my favorites. Joyful contempt of hardship and of zest in difficult and arduous undertakings. I mean, that is something that I think I would read almost every day on some weeks when I, when it was, when I was really going through it and we all need something to um, get us by those difficult times. And um, I'm, I hope that this work, um, you know, helps someone else. <clears throat> For a man to love himself so much that he never thinks of his neighbors, to blind his eyes so completely to consequences that he can live for the passing moment. This is a very easy philosophy. And the man or the woman who is able to practice it with, who is able to practice it will seem for a while to live in the sunshine a fine butterfly, smooth going life. All this is easier than to say not what is my impulse, but what ought I? Not what do I like, but what is best for all the world? Not what is the easy way, but what is the hard way over which the feet go that carry the burdens of mankind, that bear the load of the world? But though it is easy, it is the easy way for a while, there comes a time when it is no longer the easy way. And this is important because 
this man is asking people instead of looking for the easy way to look for the hard way. And this is, of course, the central theme of the podcast and of the life of someone who's constantly trying to improve. We, we, we won't constantly improve if we continue to seek the easy way. We have to ask, what's the harder way? And then go for that. So he, he begins by saying, this is a very easy philosophy. And the man or woman who's able to practice it will seem for a while to live a good life, right? But eventually that life is no longer good. It wears away. It's not lasting. We have to ask, instead of, you know, what is good for me, we have to ask, what do I need to accomplish? What is good for the rest of the world? How can I relieve some of the burden from other people? And that's literally what a monk does, uh, both, both uh, East and West uh, religious faiths. Their monks uh, renounce their life and sacrifice their life for the good of the world. Um, and he's asking uh, people to do the same thing in their own individual lives, which is, of course, the very way to lead a, um, a complete and, and content existence. There comes a time when, having always indulged ourselves, we can't break the habit when never having taken our lives and our hands and reined them to the great ministries of mankind, we discover that we cannot. We find that we obey our caprices, follow any impulse, cannot stick to any task, do not know a principle when we see it, have no iron or steel anywhere in our character, are the riffraff of the world that the worthy men and women have to bear along as they go. Caprices means, uh, caprice is the a sudden and unaccountable change of mood or behavior, but by definition, uh, you could also say whim. So just floating by, uh, being affected by every, every wave that comes by, every wind. Um, you know, it's not having any solid foundation of character. This is this is a a tough paragraph to read because it starts out by saying, if we indulge if we indulge ourselves too much, then eventually we can't break the habit. We can't break our, our indulgences. We can't get away from our desires. When never having taken our lives in our hands and reigned them to the great ministries of mankind, we discover that we cannot. So there's a bit of a sense of urgency here. Um, we, we need to be careful what we practice if practice leads to perfection. And if we're practicing the wrong things, we're going to not be able to fulfill it any high sense of moral and it's going to require much more, um, what would you say? Much more training 
much more diligence to become better if we spend years and years and years practicing the wrong uh, things that eventually won't make us completely happy. But we don't know that they're wrong at first. I guess that's the, um, I guess that's part of life. We find that we obey our whims, follow any impulse, cannot stick to any task. And this is, to me, this is common with uh, people nowadays. Um, we just don't have the training for good focus and a strong memory. And it's unfortunate. And I think people lack the, uh, the foresight in, in finding teachers. I think they, they much rather look to an app to help them uh, and they don't know the culture and traditions behind having a mentor. And it's a mentor who's walked the path who can help you along the way, remove some of the sharp edges in the fog, so to speak. Um, what would you suggest then to improve focus? Um, the uh, the restriction and, and, and discrimination in taking in information. So having, having planned times throughout the day where you aren't uh, paying attention to anything, you know, areas of, uh, of the day where you can complete self-study. And um, the idea is to digest what you've taken in. So if we are constantly eating and, and taking in new information and, and um, fence indulgences, um, media and scrolling, our computer, our actual work, our study and school, uh, sports, if all these things are being taken in and not digested, then we have this uh, mental debris floating around. So we need to make sure that we're actually cataloging and categorizing the data that comes to our brain and completing uh, thoughts. So that means we have to be careful um, how long we scroll for. We have to be careful. Okay, if I'm going to go on TikTok, how much time am I going to give it, you know? Uh, and it's okay to have mental breaks. It's okay to use TikTok. And I mean, there's some hilarious stuff on TikTok, I'll be honest. But literally, you could, you could end up scrolling for like 30 to 45 minutes if you're not careful. And none of that stuff is going to be um, assimilated in your brain. Maybe the first few, but... Um, you know, give it maybe you just catch yourself when you start to just scroll for the sake of scrolling and, and stop actually watching uh, something all the way through. You, you start to realize that you're no longer in the realm of relaxation. You're, you're in the realm of, of um, data uh, addiction. And, you know, for example, you could open TikTok and watch like two solid funny memes about, I don't know, like, a, like about uh, all those memes about the Joker movie that came out. And then everyone was 
recreating his dance with that creepy music. And then, you know, there was a joke behind it. And the, I, saw, I saw some hilarious ones. Um, but after two or three, it's like, okay, it's time to stop, put it away, and you move on. It's, it's when you just keep going and going and going, and all of a sudden, your ability to focus uh, drastically reduces because you're no longer in a state of absorbing information. You're just obsessed now with constant novelty. And the same goes for YouTube, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. So we have to be careful with that. And it's, it's like what, what Spear says in this last sentence. The, uh, when you're unable to rein in your impulses, you become the riffraff of the world that the worthy men and women have to bear along as they go. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being alive. There's no iron or steel anywhere in our character. Iron or steel. And that hardness that he's describing uh, to iron and steel, that, that's the hardness of, of drawing a line and saying, okay, I've, I've indulged enough. I'm, I've, I'm mentally relaxed. I'm now going to go back to what I was doing. I'm going to go back to studying. I'm going to go back to work. My lunch break is over. I'm going to go back to managing the team or the store. Or um, I'm going to pay attention to my spouse and put my phone away. Uh, these are character traits that require mental toughness and it takes practice. <clears throat> the men and women who will not run away from any task, who stand steadfast in truth upon whose every word we can rest our whole soul grew out of a certain discipline and education. And it is that, and it is this that gives freedom. Right, so obviously, um, you know, Jocko Willing's famous quote, discipline equals freedom, right? Probably got that from Spear. He literally just said, people that you know that are steadfast, who will not run away from any task, who we can trust, you know, grew out of a certain discipline and education, and it is that which gives freedom. So there it is. Discipline equals freedom. There is no freedom outside of character. Liberty is not freedom to do just as we please. Liberty is the ability to do as we ought. And the freedom that we need is not the freedom of our whims and fancies and listening to our impulses. It is the freedom that enables our eyes clearly to see what is right and then empowers us to do it. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, if you can do that all the time um, and not be a fanatic in anything that you do, you'll really have made a big um, improvement in your character and then eventually in your life. And we're not talking about major accomplishments here. Well, let me put that another way. We're not talking about profound changes in, in, a, in a global community. 
We're talking about the individual making small yet profound changes in their life. And I'll go back to the TikTok example because I think that's relevant. There's a profound uh, meaning in only watching a few TikToks, only scrolling through Instagram to what's needed, only following a certain amount of people because you can't possibly get through thousands and thousands of people. It doesn't make sense to follow more than a certain amount of people on Instagram. And in fact, more than about 200 people on Instagram and you're wasting your time because um, about 20 of those people will make regular posts and you can kind of keep a tab on about 20 posts a day. So to follow more than 200 people doesn't make any logical sense because you'll never get to the end of your feed. It's ridiculous. So those are the kind of things that make differences. You know, when you can actually scroll through your feed and Instagram and get to the bottom in a few minutes, that's a big deal. That means you're current. And then you're less likely to tap and, and, and scroll throughout the day. You know, you'll be fulfilled. And you can, you can move on and not go back to Instagram. And, and I think that's important for young people who are uh, without responsibility yet. They don't have kids yet. Or they don't live with a spouse. Or they don't have a meaningful career yet. They're in development. And those are part of the things in life that we need to develop is how to deal with the increasing um, global connectivity. And that's one of the ways. That's one of the ways you can do that. Don't follow so many people on social media. Create content instead of watching it. And this sentence uh, or this idea here, there is no freedom outside of character. Viktor Frankl said the same thing. Uh, he was an Auschwitz survivor. And you know, realized that uh, there was a difference between liberty and freedom. And while, while Nazi uh, soldiers had uh, more liberty than everyone imprisoned in the uh, concentration camps, uh, if, if they chose to have freedom, it was inside their mind. And they didn't have liberty, you know, things to go do or places to go and things to explore or choices to make, but they have freedom inside their mind and that's the greatest freedom of all. And then here Spear says, there is no freedom outside of character. So I think more accurately it would say, there is no freedom outside of choice of character. So your ability to choose your own, the way you are is your greatest freedom. We must learn in this school of life that things we value and desire most, purity and delicacy and refinement of character, for they cannot be acquired elsewhere. So I think it should say, we must learn in the school of life that the things we should value and desire most are purity and delicacy and refinement of character for they cannot be acquired elsewhere, 
right. No one is selling that stuff. No one is giving it to you. You have to have the willpower to make a decision and to do what's right. So much social standing nowadays is uttered in terms of self-assertion and indulgence and the ability to have any whim gratified. Okay, so this was written 100 years ago. This sort of self-assertion is regarded by many of us as the highest mark of social authority, whereas we know it is precisely the opposite, that it is self-restraint and self-control and self-surrender that mark the finest lives. Self-assertion. Self-assertion, according to Google, means the confident and forceful expression or promotion of oneself, one's views, or one's desires. So he must be leaning towards this, the one's desires part of that definition. And same thing's true today that was over 100 years ago. Everyone is stuck in me and mine, basically. Me and mine. Who I am and, and, and what's mine. Instead of us and ours. That is self-restraint. That it is self-restraint and self-control and self-surrender that mark the finest lives. I would agree. I would agree. And that's part of the trouble that I had integrating in a militaristic um, institution was in the beginning it was all about me i struggled because i needed more time for myself less time for the team i needed more jobs on my own less with other people and I, it was causing friction and people had to be had to say hey um we do things together around here so if you don't like that then get the hell out basically. And once I realized that if you can adjust your values to a team and have a, have a, uh, a one mission and the same mind, you can accomplish many, many things. It's very powerful. And you have to have balance. There should be individuality, but there also should be a sense of, of mission with a group. If you are working with other people and, uh, and we are, we're always working with other people, even if we're um, alone. I mean, even if you own a company, right? The famous saying is you, you, your customers are, or your clients are in charge, you know? So you always have a boss. You're, you're always trying to make people happy. And, and if you can work with people, um, the details of the work, the skills required, are secondary you know first is to be able to work with people and understand how how the mind works we're almost finished here once more whose judgment is of any value what does passion bid me do or what does passion have me to do what is my whim for tonight no men will ever come to you and me if we have not been trained in the school of moral discrimination, if we have not looked on 
ethical principle and duty in deciding the question whether each thing is really right for us and for the whole world. If we are to be men and women to whom people will come for comfort and strength and guidance, to whom our own children can come with assurance that they will get the truth, we must be men and women who now place ourselves beneath beneath the firm discipline of God. So you can replace God if you want with our higher nature. Um, if you're not religious, if you are religious, obviously you you understand the need in, in adding God into your life. But uh, my favorite teaching is actually secular teaching, even though I'm religious. Uh, I don't like to teach religion in, unless I'm teaching to us to an actual person who is religious. Um, but to me, you can reach more people if you keep religion out of it. And I, I don't see anything wrong with that um, because the values of religious culture um, can be extracted um, because having faith is a very challenging thing to do. Asking someone to believe in something as an idea or concept instead of um, concrete evidence is, is very difficult to do. So, uh, again, he's asking for people to not pay attention to whims, not pay attention to the, the things that the body always wants. You know, going to the gym is a good example. You may not want to. You should do it anyway. Um, not eating like a slob is a good idea. You should not uh, just eat whatever the hell you want. You should actually have a, a sense of self-restraint. Um, not getting into a relationship for the sake of being with someone and not being alone. We should cultivate our own character. And if the person is right for us, then go into a relationship. Um, you know, we shouldn't sleep around. Uh, that's just going to cause a chaos in our life when especially students don't really need that much stress uh, on top of the stress of being a student for God's sake. Um, if we are to be men and women to whom people will come for comfort and strength and guidance, we must be men and women who now place ourselves beneath discipline. <clears throat> Very clear idea. All right, we'll end uh, here on this last paragraph. And of course, it is my favorite paragraph. No strong man was ever made against no resistance. We develop no physical power by putting forth no physical effort. All the strength of life we have, we get by pushing against opposition. We acquire power as we draw it out of deep experience and effort. Those of us who were not born with a cross must find one. Those whose lives have been smooth are deliberate to find, deliberately to find ways of roughening them so that we may know a life of power and fellowship and could go out to real work and be prepared for that greater life and greater service which await us elsewhere than here. I have never um, forgotten that 
those words uh, ever since I read them. No strong man was ever made against no resistance. It's so obvious, but we get resistance in life and all of a sudden things are somehow wrong. You know, we start believing that something's not right here because there's an extra effort. Something is pushing back against us or our ideas or our goals. But that's actually the moment in life that we've been looking for. That's actually the time that we've been wanting. That's when we develop strength. You wouldn't lift weights or perform athletic events if it was incredibly easy. Watching TV is not a sport. We acquire power as we draw it out of deep experience and effort. I've never heard such clear and powerful sentences and statements. We acquire power as we draw it out of deep experience and effort. Okay, so the, the last point is, is important um, for, for um, many reasons. Those of us who are not born with a cross must find one. So in, in uh, Christianity, you would, you would say you, you carry your own cross. Okay, so the story is that, that uh, J.C., um, you know, was uh, basically put on trial by crucifixion and he had to carry a cross up a hill. I mean, if you saw Passion of the Christ, he carried uh, his own cross on his back up on the hill. They put it on the ground. He was crucified, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> okay, so that uh, has, a, has a deep meaning behind it. And it means to carry your own burden. So uh, again, we can take the religion out of it, which is awesome, and say, those of us who are not born with a cross must find one. So those of us who are not born with any challenges must find challenges. Those whose lives have been smooth are deliberately to find ways of roughening them. Deliberately to find ways of roughening them. We can go back to the Bruce Lee example. Sees a hill and just runs up it. You see someone struggling. Stop what you're doing. Go over to them. Are you okay? Do you need anything? I try to do that as much as I can. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes they're like, what? Like, but it looked, yeah. like, it looked like someone was struggling for a second. I'm like, are you okay? You know, and sometimes they're just like, oh, no, thanks. I'm good. But, you know, and then they're like, oh, wow. People still interact with people. Um, you, you do things that you don't have to, and then you try to better the moment. That's the idea. To challenge yourself is, is a, a question that you can constantly ask. How can I make this a bit more challenging? Um, you know, how can I restrict something today? Going to bed earlier and waking up earlier is a perfect example. There's nothing wrong with that. There was a monk who would, uh, no matter what he was doing uh, in the evening, 
you know, we'd all go, we'd all go up to our rec room for the monks and have a beer and uh, watch some movie or something and just chill out. No rank, no hierarchy, nothing like that. But no matter what one of the, this monk, no matter what was going on, once his alarm went off, he left. He's like, okay, it's end of the night for me. No matter what, without fail, because he was restricting himself. Even on his day off, how can I make this day a little harder? Well, I don't have to cook, but I'll go cook something for the rest of the monks. Right? You could be in your kitchen, and to make something a little harder, you could make a more extravagant meal. Invite someone over. Make something for like a group of five guys. Like, hey, I made some food. It's, it, it's not complicated. It's actually quite easy to do. It's the, the difficulty is the decision that you're going to do it. And we do this, as Spear says, so that we may know a life of power and fellowship. I love that how he uses the word fellowship and can go out to real work and be prepared for that greater life and greater service, which await us elsewhere. I mean, <clears throat> no matter what you believe in, there should be a sense of preparedness for something. And if you're a young person, you should be prepared for a career. You should be prepared for an asshole boss. You should be prepared for a spouse, a child, responsibility. It's not easy. I just had to attend a, uh, a funeral for someone in my family this last weekend. And I was asked to be the main speaker at the service. That's a responsibility. You have to leave everything, drop everything, and go and honor this person's life. You have to be prepared for stuff like that. It's going to happen. Why was I asked to be the main speaker? Well, I guess because I reflect a life worthy of that title at someone's funeral. It was a great honor to me. And you hope that you never get that kind of responsibility, but you want to live as though you're that kind of individual who someone will call on and say, I trust you. I need you to do this for us because you're the kind of person who can hold responsibility on your shoulders. That's the idea. And that's what Spear talks about in the stuff of manhood. <clears throat> 